1: Joining us right now from Canton is Pro Football Hall of Famer and cancer survivor, Mike Haynes. Mike, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you?
2: Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me this
1: morning. And Mike is here on behalf of knowyourstats.org. And you are out there at the Hall of Fame currently. How long do you spend staring at your bust when you go there?
2: (laughs) You know, generally, I don't even get into the hall. We're so busy. Um, I don't even get a chance to go in there um, because of other events going on. Pretty active. But I do have one at home, so I look at that thing a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Good for
3: you. Damn, I look good. (laughs) Yeah, you should, man. (laughs) Is it still surreal to you after all these years, or is it something where you've gotten over it and, and, and you, you, you are uh, proud that you're able to have such a lengthy career and, and such a stellar career?
2: Well, actually, it's kind of both. You know, there are times when it's more surreal. And um, each time uh, at the Super Bowl when they're selecting the new guys and, and they're getting the chance to shake their hands, they they make you feel really great and you're making them feel really great it's a it's a new experience um there's nothing like it you know it's it's a, it's a goal for a lot of folks it was a goal for me and to have that goal come true and, and something that will stand out um, for the rest of my life is really special
1: the rules have changed so much in the nfl when it comes to corners and offense and wide receivers and what you can and cannot do uh, how much different would be playing in today's NFL be for you at that position than it was when you did play?
2: Well, I don't really think, um, you know, in, in my situation, I don't really think that a lot has changed. I mean, the five-yard bump rule, that that uh, that existed during my career. I think that changed in, like, 78. So my first two years, maybe I played without it. In the next couple of years or the rest of my career after that, I played with that rule. And I think they might interpret it a little bit different um, than they did when I played. But everything else is pretty much the same. There are a lot of other changes, though, with the offense, like how the line can block, um, you know, how they can use their hands and give the quarterback more time. There's tackling changes, uh, you know, of, of, of different ways you have to tackle. Um, you can't intimidate a player the way you used to be able to. There's a lot of things like that. But really, the rules... The rules keep changing to make the game uh, more exciting for the fan and difficult for the defensive guys. Yeah. Um. But, but um, I, I would love to be playing today. I think it's a, a you know, a lot more fun back in the old days. Um, you would I would hardly ever even get any action. You know, would be out there running by myself, living on an island with somebody else, uh, some receiver who's not getting any balls thrown to him. Um, it's not a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, today they throw on those guys. They they figure if we're going to be throwing the ball forty times, we're going to have to throw over it on that guy at least five or six times. You know, during the game, where I, I would go many games without having a pass thrown my way.
3: So what Mr. Haynes is saying is that I was a lockdown corner. No, that's that's, that's what I was. Now today's game compared to the receivers you were facing back then, you got bigger wide receiver. I mean, these guys look like tight ends some of these wide receivers Uh, back in your day. Did you have any of those guys that stood out like that as far as their size? You know, it's
2: funny that you mentioned that Um, when they made the rule change, they interviewed a lot of the top players. And when they asked me, how did I think that was going to change the game? I said, Oh, I think they're probably going to now start bringing in shorter guys who are really quick off the ball. uh, And, you know, can get around those, the, the hands of the, of the defensive back. And, in reality, I knew that that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, why am I going to help them make my game harder? <laughs> you, yeah. know? you know, and and the truth is it's the more taller guy who's who's long enough to try and, you know, reach over you and pull you to one side and get by uh, all in one or two moves, you know. And the shorter guy has to make a lot of quick moves in, at the line, and it's, you know, keeping the uh, – the offense it slows down the offense a little bit the guy's not going to get to the spot that the quarterbacks expecting him to get to he's doing all those fakes on the line so um harold carmichael who was six eight probably the toughest guy for me um because he was so tall uh and you didn't really have a lot of tall guys uh in the beginning but you know as i started to leave the league you know guys like chris carter um was coming in some of the teams like the jets they had uh, some guys, Jerome Barkham and those guys, older guys, but but big guys. They were starting to leave the league, so people didn't really get a chance to see um, the trouble that the taller guy would be having. Uh, I mean, it um, would be creating for the defense.
1: GeO and Jones with Hall of Famer Mike Haynes across the country on CBS Sports Radio on behalf of the Know Your Stats campaign, which encourages men to know their prostate cancer risk and to talk to their doctor about prostate cancer testing and we'll talk more about some of the things you should look for and those stats and they are alarming for men you really need to make sure that that you know your body and you know what are some of the signs that could lead to prostate cancer the new england patriots stacked up this year in the off season after winning another super bowl and it's amazing the off season that they had and how much they improved on paper Uh, do you believe that this team could be the best that they've had?
2: Um, well, it's hard for me because, you know, I um, one, I'm a little biased. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and two, I haven't seen what the other teams have. I was just in New England last week. Um, they inducted uh, Raymond Claiborne, who was in the corner on the other side when I was there, um, one of their first-round draft picks in 1977. They inducted him to the Patriots Hall of Fame. So the first day of pads... Um, I was there. I actually watched them practice, and, man, I tell you, they looked really good. I couldn't believe that that was the very first K they had their pads on. Um, you, didn't, you didn't see a lot of mental mistakes. You didn't. See, they, they did have some live tackling, not a lot of plays, maybe four or five plays, um, but they looked sharp, and um, I would not at all be surprised to see them um, go really deep into the playoffs
3: again this year. Ray Clay, Hook'Em Horns my homeboy yeah man did he ever let you talk when you were teammates because he can go <laughs>
2: yeah he can go he was we had so much fun and uh i think they had the largest turnout of guys returning uh, for his uh ceremony um was slimmy like, oh, there was kenneth sims there no kenneth didn't make it okay um uh, uh, and there's a guy on the team right now from texas you probably know who. yeah he is.
3: malcolm brown i believe
2: yeah yeah, yeah. malcolm so yeah. he spent some time talking to malcolm brown and and trying to encourage him to do some great things. Um, they, they looked really, really good. They looked good. Of course, you know, Brady was in rare form. I mean, form early, I should say, um, completing passes to uh, the receiver that they just picked up from Buffalo. Um, that guy was a, a speed demon. I mean, they're going to be a force. And then Gronk was back. and he got He's got all of his targets. He's got his running backs. He's got the great line. Defense is clicking. You know, they just need to, you know, stay focused and, and stay hungry.
3: What is it about them? I, I think they will stay focused. I think Belichick demands that they they stay focused. But when you, you you've been around a lot of successful teams, you were successful there with New England. You go to the Raiders, you were successful. Uh, what is it about this team when when you could compare and contrast that uh, this team to the ones you played on?
2: I just think that they have an expectation that they're going to win. Um, they, uh, they're well-coached, and that's probably the biggest thing. They're really well-coached. As I said, I, you know, I had not seen a practice run as smoothly as theirs ran, uh, and, um, you know, and there weren't a lot of – I didn't see any mistakes. I saw one guy um, get really you know, faked out of his shoes by one of the offensive guys, and he stopped, you know, which is a no-no. I mean, you know, when you, when you get beat, you don't stay beat. You get back and try to catch up with that guy. That didn't happen in that drill. And so um, besides that, uh, um, you know, I think they're going to be really good. Uh, the coaches do an excellent job in getting uh, prepping these guys. And, the, and also the, the veteran players, they share what they know. They you know, they don't have a lot of mental errors on that team. They're pretty smart guys.
1: Geo and Jones with Hall of Famer Mike Haynes across the country on CBS Sports Radio on behalf of KnowYourStats.org. What do you think about the Colin Kaepernick situation this offseason, how he is still without a job currently?
2: I'm surprised. You know, he's a good player. I'm surprised that he's having trouble landing. I don't know uh, what, what the real issue is, um, but uh, he deserves to be playing, and uh, his, you know, his statements that he made last year, they, those shouldn't be keeping him out of, out of football.
3: Uh, you played it during an era when uh, we were at the height of of, of social activism, and and uh, you were there in Oakland, where uh, that, that was uh, Grand Central at times for a lot of things that were going on. It wasn't just the South. How did you and your teammates navigate those situations? Because you know it, it, that's that's tricky, considering what everything Kaepernick is dealing with now, and others would put their name out there on on it as as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Jim Brown, and those guys and Ali did in their heyday.
2: And, um, you know, it's, you know, I, I, I take my hat off to those guys because um, it takes somebody to, to, you know, stand up and, and draw attention to causes and, and when things aren't right. And I, I can't say I agreed with the way he did it, but I think it needed to be done. And uh, uh, the, my, only, my only thing is I wish he had talked to his teammates and talked to the coaches and talked to the owner of the team uh, and said, you know, how, told him how he was feeling and what he was thinking about doing, so that they could have all talked it through and decided maybe to do it together. So you know, football's a team sport, and and uh, you know, sometimes you have to, you do have to step out and uh, and do something unique uh, without their without a lot of consultation, and and you have to know when those times are. So like in my in my era, um, there was no free agency, and so I had to do that myself. Oh, nothing nothing against. Uh, nothing like in the in the in the way of Colin Kaepernick, but um, I didn't. If if you didn't sign a contract with the team that you were on, basically you had to retire. Mm-hmm. So there was no free agency, and so I was a, one of the first guys to challenge that system, and it was pretty tough. You know, you you feel like you're by yourself, and a lot a lot of guys are saying, "Yeah, you, good job, do it, Mike. You should do it," but they weren't standing with me. <laughs> and, yeah, <laughs> and it was it was me putting my career on the line. So, um, so in some ways I can relate to what he's going through now, uh, but I'm surprised. i you know, this is, he's a good player. He deserves to be playing and, um, I hope it works out for him.
1: We talked about one of your former teams in the Patriots, the Raiders being another one, the move to Vegas will happen in a couple of years. What are your thoughts about the Raiders organization being in Las Vegas?
2: Well, I have mixed feelings, obviously, you know, I, I, wanted them to stay in California. Um, I'm sure the Oakland fans wanted them to be in Oakland. I just, you know, would have been happy if they had been in Los Angeles. That's where I'm from. Um, but, you know, I think it's good for football. Um, when, when The NFL is trying to grow the sport globally, and the Raider, Raiders have uh, fans all over the world. And I think that uh, you can imagine fans from Mexico and Asia, uh, Europe, you know, coming to Las Vegas to watch a game. They, you know, you have the Raiders there and you have the Las Vegas. Quite, uh quite an opportunity to have a good time, I think. And so, uh, as I said, I I have mixed feelings about it. I, I kind of wish they were in California, but I, I know that it's going to work out. Um I'm not sure if the home field advantage, if they're still going to have a home field advantage, that's just not sure. You know, what do you guys think? You think the... If they move there, they're still going to have people flying from the U.S. (laughs) You know, because can you imagine uh, um, three quarters of the stadium from people outside the U.S. watching the game?
3: Well, we know Vegas is a destination city, so you're right. There are going to be a lot of people who are not necessarily uh, diehard Raider fans who are going to be packing the stadium. I'm not so sure you're having played for the L.A. Raiders. uh, I'm not so sure you're going to have those uh, rowdy fans who are always causing a ruckus in the stands uh, show up there the cats who are and you, now may, not, in you Oakland. may not you may
2: not even have football fans So yeah. I actually went to a game in Europe when remember when the NFL used to have that European League
3: I played there. Uh, they,
2: they had a world championship. Yeah. So, um the game was in Germany and I was sitting up in the stands and there was a, a you know two kids and a, a Young kids and an older kid who was watching them either older brother or babysitter or something and so I tapped them on the shoulder and said, "Hey, who are you guys rooting for?" <laughs> they said, "Oh, we're not rooting for anybody."
1: <laughs>
2: I said, "This is a championship game. What do you mean you're not rooting for anybody?" I said, "I said you got to pick a team." And uh, they said, "Well, we'll pick um, the the German team." And I said, "What? I said what? What made you come to the game?" They said, "We came for the halftime event." <laughs> oh,
3: wow!
2: <laughs> I said, "Well, what's going on at halftime?" They said, "It's a um, an American Western theme. They're going to have." Um, you know, horses and covered wagons. Mm. and They're going to ha- have a six-gun shootout. <laughs> I went, like, wow,
3: okay. <laughs> hey, man, whatever it takes to get them in the stands, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But you can imagine, because it's going to be
2: international, that the halftime themes might take that kind of stuff into consideration. You know, um, they're, if they're going to try to promote it in Europe, they might say, well, what will the Europeans want to see in the U.S.? They might want to see a covered wagon, you know, six-gun shootout type
1: of thing. <laughs> Gio and Jones with Hall of Famer Mike Haynes. We've had the pleasure of speaking with you previously, and we know how important this cause is to you. Know Your Stats campaign and knowyourstats.org. What do you want to let people know about this campaign?
2: Well, the the, the most important thing of the campaign is that Um, prostate cancer runs in families and you need to men all men need to know their family history because if it runs in their family there's a one in three chance that they're going to get it Uh, also if they're African American there's a one in five chance that they're going to get the disease but for all men it's a one in six chance that they're going to get the disease so a lot of men are going to get this disease and um, if you catch it in the early stages it's treatable and that's what our campaign is about. It's all about catching it easy, uh, catching it early, and uh, and having a conversation with your doctor about it uh, if you know of runs in your family, so that you're on track to catch it at an early stage.
3: So Mike, what we- about those that those men who are uh, don't know their entire family history? You know, a lot of families are disjointed. Uh, in those cases, is it just being proactive and and make sure you're getting tested at a certain age?
2: Yeah, it is. Um, and so in, in those situations, I think, uh, and I was, I think I fall into that category, actually. And, uh, and I didn't know that my grandfather had died of, of, of prostate cancer. Um, I knew he died of something, but I didn't know what it was. So I, I'd say, you know, j- still just have that conversation with your doctor. I'm not sure it runs in my family because all you're doing is a simple blood test, you know, a simple blood test and a, uh, and a 10-second digital rectal exam.
3: And uh, you're established. That's you're a long face ass face. 10 seconds. <laughs>
2: it's, it's, it, I always crack up and they say, try to relax.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Right. Okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah, try to sit down afterwards. Do you notice know how <laughs> casually Mike <laughs> dropped that in there? And just a real quick 10 second record exam. <laughs> That's it. And you're done. In and out. Yeah.
3: I mean, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, so,
3: anyway, the.
2: Yeah. It's, um, it's, anyway. The most important thing is having the conversation with your doctor. It really is. And uh, you know the family history, all the better. Uh, and, um, you, you know, a lot of men say, you know what, if I have it, I don't want to know. No, this is the one you do want to know because it's treatable. It's like uh, a 99.9% chance you're going to be fine um, if, you, if you do that. So um, I just want to encourage men to get out there and have those conversations with the doctors and talk to other men that are survivors about it and get educated. Most men, when, when I was diagnosed, I didn't know where the prostate was. I didn't know what the prostate did. I didn't know any symptoms of prostate cancer. And so many men are going to get this disease and have had this disease. It shouldn't be that way. All men should know about this disease, just like we know about breast cancer and all women know about breast cancer. Uh, it should be the same for men and prostate
1: cancer. For more information, go to knowyourstats.org. Mike, it is a pleasure speaking with you. All the best. Thank you, guys. Thanks, for my man. You again.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds?